Hello, I'm Joan. I'm a Canadian family physician who also works as a restorative medical educator, facilitator, and coach. I create spaces that rehumanize the work of healthcare. I'm creating this podcast to remind myself, as well as anyone else working in a helping profession, that when you are working and caring for your human patients, you are the other human in the room. Hello there, healthcare humans. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of The Other Human in the Room. So I have a special treat to start 2023, which is a conversation that I recorded with my very first coaching client, who also happens to be my friend. Um, And uh, she's another family physician who works um, in the same uh, area of the world that I work in. We actually went to med school together. And um, I was so excited when she wanted to work with me. And I love this conversation. I love um, hearing um, how much progress she's made in her own life um, and how she's used their work together to really improve her experience of healthcare. Um, And as you can tell from the title of this podcast and uh, what we talk about, her first goal was just to hate medicine less, to stop hating medicine. And I love that as a goal because it's so real, right? Sometimes we want to like make our goals like make my job the most dream, wonderful job of all time, right? But it feels just like way too far removed from our current reality to even stick. But um, as you'll hear, she was able to accomplish that goal. And now that's left her her brain, you know, ready and open for what's next and what are bigger goals she could accomplish. And uh, I'm so excited to be working with her. And I'm really excited to for you to all hear this sort of real world example of what happens when you apply the kinds of concepts that I talk about on this podcast to your life. So um, yeah, if you do have any interest in becoming um, a client of mine, um, you know, you can always reach out to me and uh, go to my website to learn ways we could work together. And if no matter what, I hope that you continue to apply what you learn here and help hate medicine less yourself. So with that, on to the conversation. Okay, so I am here with one of the amazing healthcare humans that I had in my recent group coaching program that was all about transforming patient relationships and applying some of the stuff that I talk about on the podcast to their lives in medicine. And so Lauren, do you want to introduce yourself a bit for those listening? I'm Lauren Dunbar. I'm a family doctor. I practice in an urban center in the GTA, and I've been in practice for 10 years. Yeah. Lauren and I actually went to medical school together. So We did. Math med grads. Yes. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. (laughs) All the things that are wonderful about that. Um, And so I will just say to you, Lauren, like as you are my friend, and then also we've had a chance to like interact and connect in this way. And that's been really meaningful for me actually to see how much uh, it has appeared at least that our work together has helped you. You can tell me. Um, And I, there's no one I'd rather have also benefit from work than people I love already. So that's been very fun. It was amazing for me to have you hold space as a friend because I don't think I would be able to be as like open with someone I didn't know. So it made a big difference for me, for sure. Good. Well, I'm so glad I went into coaching for you, Lauren. Thanks, Joan. This worked out really well. (laughs) 
that worked well for both of us. Okay. So I have some questions because as we were saying before we hit record, I, I thought it would be cool to have someone who I've worked with, um, another like real life healthcare human who has like gone through work with me. So you can share anyone who's either curious about working with me or just curious how you can make change in medicine when it feels like everything's coming at you. Yeah. Um, so just for you to share your story of where you were and where you're at. So as the beginning, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing before we started working together, mm-hmm. what were some of your biggest struggles with your patients and patient care that, that made you consider working with me? It's, it's quite a few things. Like, to be honest, I think at first I was spending so many hours charting and it was just like the mechanical work. Like I would go, I would see like 20, 25 people in a day, not a small number, not a big number, but then it would just take hours. Like my inbox would take hours. My charting would be hours. And then I would come home and I'd sit on the couch and work until like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And that's like, I just thought that that was normal, but that was like, like how medicine required you to be, to be effective at your job. And I prided myself on it. It was like, you know what? I'm always online. I'm online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. People can email me whenever they want. I'll check the inbox. I'll be linking faxes. And I like prided myself on being that way until I realized that I hated it. Um, and I think at one point, Joanne, you posted about the charting champions course that you were doing. And I was super interested in that. And so like exactly a year ago, I just did one of her like one-off sessions for like a couple hours. And then I was like, whoa, like, I don't have to, I don't have to let medicine run my life. Right. And then when you start to create space for not spending all the hours doing the mechanical work, then you start to think about, do I like this? And at the time, to be honest, it was like, I don't really know if I like medicine that much. And then that was like the, the snowball effect of like, okay, I'm not spending hours and hours charting anymore, but do I like my job? Do I like my patients? Do I like how I am to them? Am I being authentic and all that stuff? And the answer was no. And then that's when I realized like, I need help with this because I plan on doing this work for a long time. I've always told my patients I'm really far from retirement. And I wanted to to be here for them in the years to come, right? So that's what kind of brought me to the need, right? And ultimately, I was tired of comparing myself to other doctors and not knowing how other people did it. I think a little of this was like you as a friend and you as a coach, a physician coach. I was like, okay, well, Joan will tell me what she does. And then that will work for me. Hmm. But that's not what you do at all. You help me figure out what will work best for myself. And that's the work that we've been doing for, you know, several months now, to be honest, but still work in progress, but I've come a long way. And that's what makes me really happy about it. That's awesome. So that's like, okay, you answered several questions in one. Thank you for being so succinct, Lauren, and your (laughs) (laughs) Isn't, I will say one thing. It's so true. I actually wonder if sometimes when people hear say like how they could be more efficient with their time Mm -hmm. or like I hear and I can identify of almost being offended because it's like I don't I don't want space to actually have time to reflect if I like my job I'm actually working this hard so that I don't have time to reflect because I'm a little bit running away from something yeah and I feel like this is how I have to be to prove my worth And so it's like, 
it can't take less time. Otherwise, what am I doing here? Now I have to actually like figure out who I am as a person. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I remember feeling super anxious when I first stopped charting at night, thanks to charting champions. And like, I was like, what do I do? I like immediately tried to come up with five hobbies because I was just like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what my actual purpose is, Mm -hmm. but it is fun on the other side of that. (laughs) It doesn't feel better at first. No, at first I would have to say that becoming more efficient with your time actually feels worse. And you've talked about that before, Joan. It's like it actually it felt bad. Like, am I doing it wrong? Am I am I not putting in enough time? I don't know. We've been given this mentality. We've all been trained by different physicians who were like, you know, I used to work for 36 hours and never needed to sleep and never ate and never went to the bathroom and all that stuff, right? And that was like the benchmark of like a good physician. And I'm like, okay, I'm done charting at five o'clock. I finished seeing patients at four. This is a reasonable amount of time. Now what am I supposed to do? And then you get into the anxiety of like, should I constantly be checking? Should I be checking my emails? Should I be doing more and more and more? And then that's when you start to realize what is medicine really doing for me? And what am I doing for medicine? Which is a really hard question to answer when you feel like you're in it by yourself. Yeah. So then when we started working together, what were kind of some of the insights that you started to notice? Like, how did you start how have you started to answer that question for yourself of like, what is in it for me to continue to practice medicine? No, I think one of the things I said to you, John, in our first sessions, like one-on-one was like, I want to hate medicine less, right? Yeah, and it's a great goal, by the way. It's a really great goal. And yeah. in the group session, like it was really difficult, but I think in one of our first group sessions, we talked about emotions, right? About how you feel in medicine how your patients feel, how you're not responsible for their emotions and vice versa, right? You create space in the middle and you're over here managing your own feelings. They're over there managing their own feelings, right? But all my feelings were bad feelings, feelings of resentment, feelings of anger, feelings of irritability, you know, like the doorknob question, which is going to take like 45 more minutes and set you behind all that stuff, right? But like I had to learn a little bit about my feelings over here can be controlled by me. I am the chairperson of the meeting, right? I can decide how this is going to go. I can decide if this is important and needs to be addressed now or later, right? And the patient can be over there feeling disappointed or happy with my encounter, or, you know, they can be accepting of the knowledge I have or wanting more, like all that stuff. But that's, that has nothing to do with me, right? I'm over here doing the best I can, right? And they have to decide if they're happy with that. That was something that was really difficult to learn. It's such an easy concept. I have feelings. That was super difficult in one of our first group sessions just to be like, I have a feeling. How do I feel? Like, I don't think I ever used to think about that in my clinical day. How do I feel? Mm-hmm. You just go to work. You know, you get through your patients. You chart for another five hours, right? You're done. You repeat it the next day. But now without spending all that time doing that stuff, I was like, how do I feel? And some of the mornings, to be honest, I felt anxious, right? I felt anxious going to work, which is a totally new like sensation in my body. I'm not really an anxious person. And then sometimes I would feel angry. I feel angry at my patient, which is not a sensation I ever wanted either, right? And then you learn how to process those feelings, right? And what's behind them and how to make the encounter more enjoyable for both you and your patient, right? 
that's taken some learning and I'm still trying to figure it out because ultimately every patient encounter is different, right? But that's kind of like some of the work that we've been doing from the beginning from like, I hate this to why do I hate this? And how do I feel, right? And if I feel this way, how does the patient feel? But let's not get those two confused, right? Mm. And then I think the other thing that I've been learning from a lot of the other physicians in the group is I wasn't the only one that felt this way. When we do group sessions, we talk about, you know, other people's clinical experience, but also other people's feelings. To have a group, and we all are female identifying, right, in the group this year, for everybody to be like, yeah, I hear that, I feel that, it's very empowering to understand, right? Mm -hmm. I don't sit there and chit-chat about my feelings with my colleagues, we're too busy. But when you set aside time to actually like sit in a group and just only talk about feelings, the clinical stuff comes into it, right? But we're not there to have a CME moment, we're there to talk about how we process all the other stuff in medicine that's made a really big difference overall to understand that I'm like not alone. Right. Mm. So how do you notice now? Like, so day to day life's still challenging. There's yeah. all sorts of, it's not, <laughs> wait, let me just double check is now practicing feminist medicine, just like rainbows and puppy dogs. And Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's one of those challenging times in my career, right. Pivoting between, like I run my own practice. I own my own practice. I have associates, right, that work with me. A lot of the clinical stuff I have to do, but then I have to do a lot of the managerial stuff too, right? And then you throw a, like a tridemic on top of that, right? <laughs> um, and I think patients' expectations of like everything yesterday, right away, right? 100%, like why aren't you responding in two minutes? Like that has really become just exponential with virtual care. So no, it's not rainbows and puppy dogs by any means, right? I still want to get back to the place where I'm like shiny and bright eyed about medicine. Like there is aspects of medicine I used to really enjoy and I still enjoy snippets of it, right? I just, I'm, I'm getting through my day without, without feeling so drained by it. Mm. And that was my goal, right? If my goal in the first session was hate medicine less, and I said to the group in our first session about emotions, right? I feel like I want to quit medicine. I was very clear about it. Um, I don't feel that way anymore. All right. Mission accomplished. Hate medicine. Mission accomplished, less. right? Yeah. I'm curious about like, so if it if it's like a future you, shiny eyed, like would it would it be going back or would it look different who you hope to become if you like continue? It looks path. different. Mm -hmm. I think the big part that I have to work on next is like, what do I want? Right. Yeah. Um, we've been told so many things in medicine. I remember applying to medical school and my family doctor of almost 40 years now, taking care of me since I was a baby said, you know, don't be one of those female family doctors that works part time. Don't be one of those female family doctors that has a bunch of kids and is always on mat leave. Right. She actually wow. like, told me like don't be half a doctor hmm. which is extremely offensive when I think about it now right yeah. um extremely ext is a good adjective extremely <laughs> offensive right and I used I had that mentality for my first 10 years of practice right 
you know, don't take time off. Always be available for your patients, right? Um, don't let that prescription renewal sit there for more than 12 hours, all that stuff, right? And as much as those things are minutia, right? But what do I want? Do I want to have work-life balance? Yes. Do I want to have time off um, and not worry about my patients? Yes, right? Do I want to be able to have a sick day and not feel guilty, right? That my patients are not gonna get care that day. Of course, right? Some of this stuff is is a system-based problem, right? But some of it on my level, I can change. And I know that's part of your, kind of your, part of your mantra for doing this, Joan, is like, you want to look at the system of medicine, but we can only change individuals, right? So those are things that I want because eventually I want to be able to have a balance, right? Where I can practice medicine, but I can literally be human, right? I can have a sick day. I can have an off day. I can have a vacation, right? And I can still be considered a good doctor, not a part-time doctor or, you know, a, a, a you know, C-minus doctor. Uh, we joke a lot. I know in some of the group sessions we talked about, we don't have to be A plus all the time, right? Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a strong B, all right? I'm strong B average, right? Yeah. Um, and that's okay because I want to be as good as I can be on any given day. And some days I'm going to have good days and some days I'm going to have bad days. And I want that to be okay. Yeah. So that's my goal. Like future me, I want to know what I want and be able to work towards that without the feelings of that have been indoctrinated with me about shame and guilt and, and, you know, like inferiority. I don't want to feel inferior yeah. because I want human things. So yeah. that's like future me. That's like the next step of stuff that I have to figure out what I want to do with all my extra time. So they're not charting all night. That's part of it too. Um, I, I've always struggled with that in medicine, trying to, the doctor is a human, right? I've mm -hmm. had a lot of like, personal tragedies in the last few years and I don't take time off and I don't talk to my patients about it it's not always the right place not all patients can understand right but I shouldn't have to apologize for taking time off to tend to my family yeah so that's what I want in the future we'll see if future me can get there uh, I don't know what the path of is for present me to future me but I think I'll figure it out yeah I mean, I think the work that the work you've done so far is the work that gets you there, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's continuing to apply, continuing to, to know that all those emotions that you have of guilt and shame are not from you. The emotions no. won't kill you. And the reason that they're there is because they've been conditioned into you. Yeah. I think that's like the ultimate thing that I find the most powerful about this work and that I love pointing out to everyone all the time. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's hope, right? Like, yeah, I feel hopeful. If you asked me three or six months ago, do you feel hopeful about your career in medicine or just like your outlook on life? The answer would be no, mm -hmm. right? I did not feel hopeful. I did not feel hopeful about my career in medicine. Um, I did not feel hopeful about finding work-life balance. Yeah. I did not feel hopeful that, you know, I could forge my own career path and have it look however I want and not have to compare myself to other people because other people are not me. Other people are not in my practice. They don't have my, my same requirements of time outside of practice. Right. So why do we all have to be so similar? There's no one right way in medicine. 
um, ultimately, there's so many different ways to approach a problem. We're kind of conditioned to think that there's only this one evidence-based way, but even the experts can't decide sometimes on what the best way is. So who am I, right, to say? And I'm giving myself that flexibility in my practice too, right? Like I can create it the way I see fit. Hmm. Imagine you could really just create the job of your dreams, the setup of your dreams. Like I really believe that that's possible for anybody. And it can take time to even discover what that actually looks like, but it's work worth doing for sure. And I don't have to tell myself the story anymore that it's not possible, right? Like, um, don't you challenge me on this before where I will say something like, you know, I have to do this, right? Well, let's fact check, right? Do I need to, or do I have to, or do I want to, right? Yeah. Uh, I used to micromanage my admin staff that I've trained and worked with for years, right? Like, do I need to be standing over their shoulders, checking on their, their, you know, how they collate the faxes? No, they can do that. Right. And I don't have to do those things like fact check. That's their job. Right. Let's look at my job. And Mm -hmm. that makes a big difference too, because ultimately, you know, you used to tell, I used to tell myself the story that my practice couldn't necessarily be, I had to be on all the time. I had to be available all these hours. No, I actually don't. I can provide great patient care without having to do all of these things that I always was told necessary, right? Just smiling over here. So nice. <laughs> I'm so happy that the, the, the student has actually listened to the teacher. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Lauren, you can. You are. It's already happening. That's the other thing. It's, you already are creating it. Like, you've already made changes. I don't know if you, like... Um, can you identify ways you are already building what you ultimately want to create? Like shifts Definitely. you've already made? Yeah. Definitely. Like I I know sometimes I come to you with like a, a very like, you know, like a bureaucratic problem almost, right? Like, you know, cough cold flu seasons here, which is basically like trying to put an avalanche on family medicine, right? An already stretched thin practice who are just trying to rebound after such a difficult year and trying to figure out how to create virtual versus in-person care and all of this stuff, right? And I think I talked to you, Joan, about like one Saturday clinic because I do the urgent care hours, right? And it just was like inundated with people. But like fact check, it didn't need to be that bad. And there was ways to create boundaries around that, right? Like patients could be triaged. It doesn't necessarily have to fall on my shoulders, right? There's other physicians that can help. It, and so the next weekend was better. And sometimes it's just literally talking to another physician, but also someone with like your lens of like, I am doing enough, right? I've done enough already. And there's no point in trying to extend what I can possibly do as one person, right? To try and meet the demands of a system that's already crumbling around me, right? Because this is something that I've learned very strongly is that if I'm not there, right? whatever if i see 20 people that's 20 people that didn't go to the emergency department right maybe it's not 40 maybe it's not 60 maybe it's not as fast as somebody else right but it's still 20 people and if i quit medicine it would have been zero so that 20 people is still better than zero right i still showed up i still did my job i still provided care to those additional 20 people and that's good enough right 
that is something that I would have never said before. I would have tried to say, oh, I should have done, I should have seen 30 people, right? Why didn't I try and stay that extra hour? Why didn't I do those phone calls after I was supposed to be done? No, because I saw 20 people, right? In two hours, that's pretty great. I provided care to a lot of families that could have otherwise been in the emergency department that weren't, right? Yeah. So sometimes it's about identifying the things that you are doing and realizing it's enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the ways I think it's made a big difference because if I'd quit medicine six months ago, that would have been a thousand patients without a family doctor. And it's um, happening, right? It's happening it is. in so many places. It's happening in a lot of places, right? And it's because it's always, no, do more, spend more time, right? Um, you know, the College of Family Physicians is trying to tell us to extend hours and provide more care, right? You know what? Ultimately, everyone knows what their abilities are, what their boundaries are, right? What you're doing is enough. And sometimes you just have to know that that's enough for you. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been in the place or the mindset to be able to say that so confidently a while back, right? Yeah. You feel like a failure, even though you're trying so hard. Um, ultimately, now, I know that my care and my patience are in better hands for me, right? Being there. Yeah. So that's how I, I just like changed. I really deeply believe that 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 means your patient care is not better, like in some metric that someone could measure, but like mm-hmm. it's better in that it means you keep showing up. So if nothing else, it does that. But yeah. there's something I think about the quality of what you would bring to each of those patients as well. If you're sitting there knowing that it's enough and you don't have to. I mean, you can rush or not rush, but you know, like there's a quality that you bring into that room when you just know that what you're offering has value. I believe that that will transmit to patients too. And it will be interesting to see over time, some of patients that maybe felt like they had to be very vocal in requesting your care, you know, you think that setting boundaries around that will make them more frantic and maybe it will for a minute, but like. I don't know. Have you already noticed any of that? Like think you, you thought you had to do this whole song and dance with the patient, but actually they only needed a little bit of your time or. Definitely. I think sometimes I'm so surprised in a patient encounter because like, I think I have a full agenda that's going on. Right. I think that there's, it's going to take this many minutes and this much time. Right. Where sometimes the patient's expectations are completely different than what mine are. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I go in there with my blinders on, I'm going to totally miss the point. Um, And I think boundaries are important. Like there's been many more times, especially in the last three months where, you know, we're on item number five or item number six. So they're like question lists. And I just literally say, you know, that's all the time we have today. You're welcome to book my next available appointment. Right. Um, And sometimes I've looked at me like shocked because that's not, the response that they're used to Dr. Denbor giving them. Mm-hmm. But ultimately that's better care because I focused on the other five things already. Yeah. And I am going to be able to maintain my schedule and make space for them for that next appointment, right? If I'm always running an hour behind, there will not be space for them to come and see me, right? For my next available appointment. So why why feel bad about that, right? Why 
why beat myself up on that? And so I've stopped beating myself up and I've started having no be a complete sentence. Um, mm. I was always taught that no had to be followed with a but. Like, no, but I can, no, no, period, right? Yeah. Um, it's not no, but I can maybe do it in half an hour or no, but uh, I'll call you at six o'clock when I'm done clinic. No, that's been a very, very helpful thing to change like the work-life balance piece. If I have to leave at four, I'm leaving at four. If I've got to be out of there by 5.30, I'm leaving at 5.30. I rarely make exceptions to that now and only for really good reason mm-hmm. that I choose. Not that somebody you choose for right? me. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Makes sense based on the metric of what I think is needed. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So what advice would you give to any other healthcare human who's listening in right now, who's maybe in the thick of it that identifies a bit more with your before? Yeah. What advice would you give to them? I think my before was valid. Like I would say that to any healthcare human out there. It's valid. You are totally in your right to be overwhelmed, to be mad about it, right? To feel that the system's broken, because it is. You're not wrong. Like, that's a fact. Um, But then I would also say, you know what? What story are you telling yourself to make it worse? Because sometimes we do magnify certain aspects of it, right? And feel like we're stuck. And then I would reach out, right? Like, Ultimately, my colleagues at the office, even though we don't have time to stop and chat, my colleagues and I, a few of us have a group chat where it's just like the ability to talk about how bad your day was, right? No specifics, just like, you know, today was a bad day or tonight I ate a slice of cake for dinner, right? My colleagues know that I'm guilty of that sometimes that I just, I have to, to, rant to let loose a little bit right um reaching out is really important right like i really do see the role of things like charging champions and coaching has to individualize help for people because you need someone who kind of has a physician focus it's a very unique situation that you find yourself in and then if you have the ability availability of like a group a group support, right? Something more formal. It does make a big difference. Um, just to know it's possible, right? So like, if you asked me a year ago, if I would stop charting at night, I probably would have thought that was ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you asked me a year ago, if like I've had set inbox time and I actually only do my inbox at certain times of day, I would have also thought that was impossible, right? <laughs> You're like, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's a nice thought. That's not really going to happen. Um, <laughs> but if you also told me a year ago that like emotions and feelings and expectations and like, I kind of like the soft side of medicine yeah. was the answer to how I was feeling. I don't think I would have accepted that, right? Mm. Without doing the work. Like Joan and I are from Mac, right? We had to do something called PC pro comp where we talked about feeling like our sessions are nothing like that now. This is really like 
10 years in clinically, how are you doing? Right. Doing like a temperature check and it's the real deal. It's not going through the motions anymore. And I forgot, like, I forgot about talking to patients about their feelings, their ideas and their function and their expectations, right? That's something that we studied for, but we never, we went, we, we, we faked it. We didn't actually do it with interest. Mm. And now I'm more curious about what they think, right? And so doing those things, getting back to like literally the human side of medicine is the answer, right? Like, um, I used to think that to be a good doctor, I had to cut off all those things, like, like, you know, cut off my, my limbs of feeling in order to survive. I actually had to retouch them, right, to be able to survive medicine. Um, and that's, that's doing the work of this, right? Working with you, Joan, seeing your pearls on social media, right? Um, thinking about it, what you say and some of the journal prompts that you recommend, like those are the things that unless I considered them, I would have never thought they were possible. Hmm. Okay. Well, I feel like that's a good place to end our conversation. Thank you so much, Lauren. And it's been Lauren was my very first coaching client and I just can't, I will always cherish that you took a chance with me and it's just been so fun to work with you and to support you because like I said you're also my friend and so it's really cool to do this work and have it not just pay dividends in my own life but for someone I really care about thank you Joan you are very good at this this is like I know that your calling is medicine but I think that this is really your higher calling in life right mm. you are very good at this you know your stuff you bring an energy and like a calmness to like our group sessions and to be in a non-judgmental place where like I can ugly cry or I can swear or I can, um, you know, challenge you, right? Like, I think I apologize after our first group session because I was like, no, I hate medicine. I hate emotions, right? <laughs> um, but that's okay. It's yeah. okay to do that too, right? So yeah all the good things Joan and I know you have many many years of this ahead and I hope that people reach out to you because you do good work thanks Lauren hey there healthcare humans I want to invite you to sign up for my course how to stop worrying about your patients it's a free five-day email course delivered right to your inbox where I teach you why worrying is optional that it's not actually helpful for your patients and that it's possible to reclaim your brain from worry and start enjoying your life in and outside of medicine. Go to joanchanmd.com course to sign up now. I'll see you in your inbox.